Welcome, boys and ghouls. <laughs> you know what that sound means. It's time uh, for another mini, mini, mini huge. Halloween is forever. I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. And guys, get fucking psyched. We are about <laughs> to talk about Halloween Kills. We've all watched it. It was. Re- uh, apparently um uh released today but i saw it last night um and uh and you guys saw it you guys both see it last night or did steve did you watch it today i mean technically today because i watched it like one in the morning on gotcha. peacock so <laughs> gotcha so oh i'm glad you were able to get it yeah yeah we didn't know exactly when it was going to drop on peacock i know there was some kind of ambiguity around when that was going to be available but uh must have dropped at what at midnight probably huh i think so yeah because i was was still working on something else and then it just by the time i was done with that it was past midnight so i I checked twitter and twitter said it was up and i said well then i'll watch it well there you go that's all (laughs) you need to know i i went to the theater last night i went (laughs) twitter never lies i went to the uh that is true and those are words to live by if you read Mm -hmm. it on twitter it is true um, I, uh, I watched, I went to the 925 show or something like that at the, uh, uh, at the local theater last night. Meg, you, you went and saw the theater as well, didn't you? Yep. Yep. I went to the AMC in the waterfront. Yeah. Were there, were there, were there folks there? Oh yeah. It was pretty packed. Um, when I bought the tickets in advance, I got to choose my seats mm-hmm. and, um, like I saw so many te- or seats, wow, teats, <laughs> seats already sold. So I was just like, holy shit, this is going to be a packed show. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I bought mine online ahead of time, too, and picked, you know, picked the kind of prime, you know, spot. And I went to one of those just because it's the closest theater to me that was playing it last night. It was one of those like, uh, um, you know, kind of uh, like posh kind of luxury, you know, with the with the the big plush reclining seats and stuff like that. So they, they ask you to pick your seat, you know, right mm. off the bat. It in. came with a butler too. Yeah. You know, he had like a nice, you know, he had one of those silver platters <laughs> that he brought my milk duds out on and my, my junior mints and all that sort of thing. No, but it was, um, <laughs> it was actually, uh, it wasn't that crowded again, Thursday night, late show i'm sure the earlier one was was a lot more crowded and also it's you know a little bit smaller theater it's not nearly as big as the the big amc waterfront that you went to so um but you know there was probably 15 other people there wasn't a ton um but uh yeah it was it was it was fun Uh, you know hadn't hadn't been in the theater since we saw it since i saw Candyman. so um yeah just that experience that kind of anticipation and hype around you know going to see a new halloween movie it's like something i've you know i remember when i saw h2o for the first time back in you know 98 or whatever it was you know kind of getting that that it's for whatever reason it kind of hits a little different with me going to see a new halloween movie i don't know so it was uh it was it was it was fun. It was fun. We'll get into what we feel about the movie because just poking around on the old interwebs this Ooh. morning, a lot of dramatically competing um, uh, opinions on this film, not terrifically dissimilar to, to Candyman, which we had already discussed. But before we do that, 
let's do a real quick rundown because because obviously the show is new. We we uh, we weren't around doing this here podcast back in 2018 when the uh, when the first of the uh, uh, David Gordon Green you know directed trilogy of uh, or what is going to be a trilogy of Halloween movies first started. So yeah, let's go around the horn. Like what what did you, what were your thoughts? You know just high level on the 2018 movie um where did you see it how did you feel about it you know upon uh first viewing and then how has it kind of sunken in for you over the last few years um so i know for a fact around 2018 i saw it on a streaming service that i probably can't exactly remember which one but like at that point for that one um I don't know if I had any other feelings besides just being like, Oh my God, Jamie Lee Curtis is just fucking badass." And, but I, but like, I feel like rewatching it this week in preparation, I was like, yeah, she's a little dramatic, you know, she's a little, she's a little dramatic, but still regardless, I was, I, I thought it was a, I'm glad I revisited it before this, like watching this film, you know, because I think it put a lot of things into perspective. So yeah, I, I enjoyed overall, like, and especially now seeing it in comparison, I'm like, yeah, 2018 was pretty badass and it was very gory and like brutal and all the things that you want to see out of a Halloween movie. You just want to see shit getting fucked up and Lori trying to be the her badass self. Yeah. Uh, I saw it on a streaming service, wink. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I don't know. I didn't completely love it when I first saw it because it was too tonally split for me. Like, I like the idea that they set up like this uh, allegory of generational trauma that Mm -hmm. Michael Myers represents. Yeah. You know, which, you know, is shown through Lori and her daughter and her granddaughter. But then they also like make you root for him in killing, you know, everybody that's around because everybody else is like an obnoxious it's still it's still held in that old slasher trope yeah of like everybody's just obnoxious and you kind of want to see them get it yeah so yeah it, it, i don't know it was too tonally split for me but yeah. uh after rewatching it i don't know i was kind of over that stuff anyway so i was like <laughs> eh, it's fine it's a good <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I, I, I can I can see that. You know, I think we talked about it on, you know, maybe some episodes back, but I I think it's probably safe to say this this is a franchise that's probably a little closer to my heart than 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 you guys. Um you know Halloween is just, you know, the first Halloween 1978 is is my favorite film of all time. I've seen it, you know, I can't even imagine how many times, you know, to say, you know, over a hundred times, I think would, would be an understatement. Um, and I'm a huge fan of the original movie. I'm a fan of the whole franchise, but uh, you know, we, I think we talked about this before. There is no other horror franchise that has as, as high a highs and as low a lows probably as, <laughs> as the Halloween franchise. So like I came in with you know, moderate expectations went, saw it in the theaters and just walked out like on cloud nine, just loved it. Just loved it. Not, I am not a perfect movie. I, I definitely sense some of those tonal things because I'm always sensitive to the idea of like, I, I don't want Michael Myers to be like a cool, badass killing machine that you want to root for like a, like a Jason Voorhees and, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, you know, one of the later Friday 13th movies or something like that. I like that he is this like, 
you know, purely evil killing machine. And there's always like um, a mystery element. And you get into that a little bit in, in Halloween kills too, of like his motivations and what's in his head. And that is always like the, the nagging question throughout the, the series. And I like and dislike them trying to explain that in, in various ways. And some people are like, no, don't try to explain Michael. He's a killing machine, all that stuff. And it's like, I think you can delve into that stuff without being super heavy handed, like a Rob Zombie type of thing. But mm-hmm. I absolutely loved um, the the 2018 movie. So when I, like I said, I walked out of the theaters just absolutely on cloud nine, loving, loving it. And, you know, when I started to see that the opinions around it were pretty split, I was really, and this is kind of stupid. It's frankly a little bit embarrassing to say. I think I've mentioned it before. Like I didn't rewatch the 2018 version until this week hmm. um, because I was worried that it wouldn't age as well as I as I kind of had hoped and I know that's really stupid but like I feel like as a kid you know I was kind of almost like traumatized by H2O because I really loved H2O right uh when I first watched it in 2018 and then I kind of learned to hate it um <laughs> and then I can I've since come back around on it and feel you know and I I do enjoy the movie so I feel like I was worried that's what was going to happen with 2018 and it's not like I actively avoided it it's just I did not actively go out and and kind of try to rewatch it. So I rewatched 2018 this week. Um, and I got to say, for me, it really held up. I really, really like the 2018 movie. It's not perfect. Like I said, there's there's jumps from from the, the tone throughout this franchise. So I guess that's something that like, I, I probably have a little bit of Stockholm syndrome with this franchise where it's like I'm used to being built up and knocked down and I've kind of learned to love that and appreciate like all the crazy tonal shifts with this franchise. But I just felt like this movie, the 2018 version, just just really held up for me in a lot of ways. And it, it nailed the, f- the, s- the smallish feel of Michael, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And like his ability to just like wreak havoc um, you know, in, in this, this kind of like micro environment and, and the ripple effects of that. And then, you know, the, the complete, uh, I guess like shift in mentality of Lori from, from the first film from 78, the whole way, obviously, cause this, this was a, a continuation of, of that. Um, I don't know. I just kind of, I, re- I really appreciate it again, by no means perfect, but it, it really held up for me in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. So for me, the something that happened in that in between time, between twenty watching twenty eighteen the first time and watch, rewatching it this week, mm-hmm. is that I had went back and rewatched most of the other Halloween films, including mm-hmm. like that four, five, and six, like the Thorn trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I rewatched the Thorn trilogy, and I rewatched H two O, and I rewatched uh, Resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> so so you got in comparison you were like well this is pretty damn good compared to uh absolutely <laughs> compared to four five and six yeah, yeah I, I didn't rewatch the re, uh the rob zombie ones but i did rewatch you know all those other ones and it's just yeah now now rewatching 2018 those small little things that like those small things that bothered me like the fact that like all three of the kids that all three of the male kids in 2018 or basically just the same actor three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were pretty... It was hard to tell them apart. They were all pretty inconsequential yeah. characters for the most part. They're all inconsequential. They all, like, just curly-haired, mop, mop-headed mop idiots. <laughs> and it's just... 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, those those things became a lot smaller. And then the other thing that I kind of reframed for myself, I don't know how true it is, but it, it reframed for myself is I really, really hated that doctor character mm-hmm. in 2018. The certain character. Yeah. yeah. I really hated him. And then I just kind of reframed it in my mind as like, but what if it's just a meta joke that yeah. like this is that we tried to make recast a Loomis and like yeah. he would be the evil Loomis and all that. And yeah. like it, it even comes out like Laurie says it like on the nose. Oh, so you're the new Loomis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it, it, it comes more off like a meta joke in a way that they're like, oh, he's the new Loomis and he's the evil doctor. And then they kill yeah. him. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense. You would kill off the thing that, you know, that's something the audience would hate. The audience yeah. would hate a new Loomis. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I could see that. I, I, I think it was like, yeah, there was definitely a tongue in cheek element to, to the Sartain character in the first, that's his name, right? I'm saying that right. It was Sartain. Wasn't it Dr. Sartain? Um, it was something like that. If not, it was darn close, but you know what I'm talking about. I think, um, you know, it was definitely a little bit of a tongue in cheek thing. I, I feel like it was one of those devices that was that was there to set up a twist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think it was also, it was kind of this necessary device to, and now this, it makes more sense, although we'll get into it. I'm not super keen on how they tied him in or, or how they kind of rationalized his existence in, in Halloween Kills. But the whole idea was, it makes a, why he just, came in, did this, and then is out, you know, kind of made more sense from like a, from, from, from a script and a story perspective, mm-hmm. but it kind of almost became a little bit more lazy in my mind in Halloween Kills. But in any case, I mean, he was really the means by which to bring Michael and Lori back together, right? right. That, mm-hmm. that was, yeah. that was really why, why he existed. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, I know a lot of people are really split on the whole, like that whole character. I think also like if his voice wasn't as gravelly and super dramatic, <laughs> I think that might have helped a little bit. Um, it's just kind of like how the podcasters in the first one were just like ba- basically, an, you know, an exposition robot, you know right. what I mean? But but they also were set up as, as kill fodder. Like they were definitely set up in the trailer to be... Um, main not want to say main characters but they were definitely set up that they were going to be a bigger part of the story and then they were they were you know dispatched in in pretty short order mm-hmm. and i think i always appreciate when a movie does that like kills off who you think is going to be a main character because it just i think we talked about it I forget what episode we talked about this in, but it kind of like ups the stakes for me. And it just like, I love that idea that like anyone can die at any time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just, le- you know, lends a, de- a level of, of unpredictability, but personal preference. Any, any other thoughts on, on 2018? Like th- I, I, things you liked, things you didn't like, like things that were weighing heavy on your brain coming into this one. I, I feel like even after, rewatching 2018 and just kind of getting mentally prepared is like, and then seeing the new one that like, I, I feel like the development of that film, like almost in a way, I think like could stand alone on its own, no matter what. And I feel like it could tell its own story. And I'm trying to like talk about it, but not try to say exactly what I think about Halloween kills. But um, mm-hmm. like I enjoyed 
that it felt like the story was full. It felt like things were actually happening where in a little ways, I felt like with the new one, sometimes there was like a lot of recap. There's a lot of commentary. And, um, Mm -hmm. so I really kind of appreciated that aspect of it. You know, we got to see where Lori was today, you know, at that time, you know, setting up her house, protecting herself. Mm -hmm. And like, you got to watch the drama that she was experiencing from all the years and stuff like that. So, um, that was another thought I had on it and appreciated yeah. about the last one. No, I, I we're right on before, before we jump into, we got a couple of housekeeping thingies to touch on before we actually get into the meat of the topic, which is of course, Halloween kills. Um, first and foremost, we've got an announcement about our, uh, our November episode, our November showdown episode. Uh, a lot of you helped us decide, voted on the Instagrams on Twitter, um, for what, uh, our topic will be for, uh, the November showdown episode. So we appreciate that. And as always, if you care to do that, if you want to suggest topics to us, if you want to uh, vote when we put that out there to help us decide what those topics are going to be for showdown episodes, or if you just want to engage with us and see some spooky, spooky content and silly memes and all types of things that we we post on the social medias, go ahead and give us a follow over at Halloween is Forever on Instagram, at Hallow Forever on Twitter, Halloween is Forever podcast on Facebook, uh, Halloween is Forever pod on the old TikToks um, again have not reopened TikTok yet. Still feeling, still feeling the emotional reverberations of my last endeavor on TikTok, which lasted about four minutes. Still shook. Have not revisited. Um, very scared of it. Um, and of course, Halloween is forever pod at gmail.com. You can send us emails if you feel like it. But the three topics I will remind you from last time around, uh, the options that were selected from our running list of suggested topics from our from ourselves and from listeners and social media friends and all those sorts of things, we picked three of them at random. Uh, the first one was werewolf flicks. Number two was haunted house movies. Um, and then number three was uh, a topic that we affectionately refer to as ah little monsters which was uh you know anything with kind of tiny baddies in it gremlins and munchies and 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 ghoulies and all those sorts of things it's funny how my my number two right after a giant iconic franchise like gremlins well not a huge franchise (laughs) it's two two movies but you know very well-known movies i originally go straight to munchies (laughs) like that's my second one i think i'm not critters not ghoulies not even puppet man Master, it's munchies because i because of one line really uh which is um if you know that movie uh where the munchies that's my favorite line in the entire movie <laughs> that's funny um <laughs> and aside but um surprisingly for me at least the winner uh by not a landslide but a commanding victory was haunted houses boom, so our boom. topic for the month of november will be haunted houses which we've already mentioned we really need to define some parameters around what a haunted house movie is. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think first parameter is it has to be a house. Yeah, yeah. It, it can't be. Yeah, because there there are like some, some you know, some people when they talk about a movie like uh, 
uh, you know, even like the third act of, of Halloween, 1978, you know what I mean? You're walking through and, and, and Lori is kind of walking through the house and discovering her dead friends and stuff like that. Like some people refer to that as like, you know, like that, that act is like a haunted house sequence. You know what I mean? And that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about legit ass old spooky mansions. Mm. Uh, also no ghost ship. No ghost ship. Okay. No ghost Can't ship. Can't be a house. Can't be a house. That's 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 a cruise ship. Yeah. That is not a house. That is a that is an ocean liner. But it could Don't be a house. Fuck around. It could be a house. If you boat. can find a ha- haunted houseboat movie, all yeah. the more power to you. I'll give you. Just bonus trying to break points. it down because you know a house is a home, and right. I'm about to make some shit up. So it, somebody has to live there. So it it can yeah. be. I'm just trying to defend that my camper is my house. So that's really. What I... Yeah. It, somebody so has question, somebody has to live there. It has to be like Does an it? apartment or a house, yeah. but like no factories, no ghost ships, no haunted McDonald's, <laughs> no, no no planets that may or it may not be called Mars. That's right. Uh, <laughs> he is not over this. <laughs> I never will be. I'm scarred for life. Here's a question, though. Does it have to be a ghost doing the hunt? Are we talking Scooby-Doo shit? Can it be other super... <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, there's plenty of ghosts. There's ghosts abound in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> but I'm saying... Um, let me think of an example. This is not a great example, but I'm immediately thinking of a of a movie like a uh, 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 cellar dweller or a movie like oh uh, people under the <laughs> people under the stairs. You know where there's like some supernatural ish. You know, people under the stairs isn't really supernatural, but you get what I mean. Let's say there's a creature in the house. Yeah. Um. No, I I'm gonna say oh. terror vision. There's a good example. Something like terror vision. Ooh, terror vision is kind. Of, mm, that's ah. Uh... That's an alien mutant right. type thing, if I recall. See, I think I think it has to stay like ghost and or demon. Yeah, it has to be ethereal. I would yeah. Yes, ethereal. Theory. I like that. I like that. No, the, I I would agree. And I was looking for a, a, a word to kind of pin on it because I don't want to necessarily just say ghost. And if you say supernatural, you know, that could be a big old creature. Right. Um, so yes, it has to be ethereal. Yeah. I like that. Cause, cause like um, insidious, they have, they have yeah. actual ghosts in it, but yeah. then there's like that other fucking thing with the red face and it's yeah. not necessarily a spirit of a person. It's like a demon. Right. But it's some sort of demon like and it lives in between yeah. dimensions. So yeah. I think anything that kind of is like that mm-hmm. is good. Um, you know, like uh poltergeist, has all kinds of you know spirits but also like not necessarily connected to people but you know sure yeah a 13 ghosts would certainly be an appropriate film Mm -hmm. i do not think anybody here is standing 13 ghosts although uh i I love me some some matthew lillard and i love me some tony about that movie i was like because i recently uh, it was either like on tv or something and i watched a little bit of it i was like man this movie scared the fuck out of me when I was younger. <laughs> me too. Yeah, it has. I just watched it not that long ago. Um, listen, I'm here for Shannon Elizabeth. I'm here for Matthew <laughs> Lillard. I'm here for Tony Shalhoub. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah, there's got to be some better options out there. Um, <laughs> the ghost there's, there's designs. about 40 Korean movies that are way, way better than that. <laughs> the ghost designs definitely hold up a lot better. Yes, than, those are pretty. The yeah. Jackal and all those. Yeah, those are those, great, that was but. always such a cool cool thing and then there was always like a whole bunch of backstory to all those and it's just the movie itself 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I and I'm not picking. I actually like that movie. Okay, um, but boy, there's some. It's just such a. There's so much '90s jump cut, shaky, giving me a headache yeah. uh, type of editing in that movie. But that's not the topic today, guys. We're not talking about Thirteen Ghosts. <laughs> Give it a rest. We're talking about Halloween Kills. Before we jump into that, does anybody have any beers that they're drinking? I know I'm drinking a beer. I'm drinking a beer. I am definitely drinking a beer. Meg, go ahead, because we know what beer you're drinking. <laughs> well, I started out, like, before even... You damn you damn trash bird <laughs> over there. <laughs> well, I know I started out the day being like, hey, send us the Zoom information. And I'm like, hey, I have to shotgun a beer real fast, and I'll be right there. <laughs> so yeah. I was leaving Halloween Kills, and I was like, you know what? I want some beer for when I get home. I stopped at the old uh, Speedway, and, you know, selection isn't great. But I caught this, you know, Natty Light, uh, but it's called Natural Fright, and I could not resist. Yeah. So I am yeah. slamming them. I do have a more respectable option for my second beer, but you know what? Yeah. I, I, I'm like here for it. You know, I, I, I pulled out my tahine, and so I'm, I'm using I'm eating it or drinking it with that. So, you know, I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm feeling great. That's a dramatic improvement. That is a great way to improve, you know, otherwise not particularly uh, <laughs> great. Great beer is a nice way of putting it. But I do like how you you describe that 12-pack as you caught a 12-pack like you caught a cold <laughs> or a murder rap or something. Like you I caught a 12-pack uh, of I that, think that on, was the, just on the way me, home. Um, mumbling and I said I got it. But I like how oh, you interpreted you it as I, I caught it. <laughs> Like I'm going fishing. I caught a 12 pack. Yeah. Hey, I walked in the speedway to get a, to get a roller dog and I accidentally caught a 12 pack of, uh, of Natty light. That'll happen from time to time. Um, I'm going fishing. I caught a Natty, yeah. Natty light. <laughs> I caught a, I caught a boot full of Natty light. That's very appropriate um, for this beer though. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it spookier than your nor- normal Natty light? Is it green? I'd say so. I mean, on it. Hey, um, yeah. this is the first Natty Light that I've ever bought in my entire life, and I'm not lying when I say that. So I don't hate it. You've lived a charmed existence. <laughs> you have lived a char- an absolutely charmed existence. Uh, I don't know. I've definitely drank America. I've definitely drank America before, so I think I've done worse. Um, no, they actually. I actually like the design on the can. It's um, like a darker, like black design with this like haunted house with this graveyard, which. Mind you, the coffins are standing up, and that doesn't make sense. But I'll I'll post a picture. Yep, yep. Listen, sometimes you got to get into some natty lights. Listen, I've been there, been there. Steve, what do you got? Uh, I have something decidedly less spooky, uh, but it is the <laughs> Alter Genius Doll, D A H L, as in Roald Doll, because it is yep. a peach chipotle saison. So James, ah, James and the Giant Peach. Fancy sure yeah. sure yep it's all right that's cool it's all right it's all right not knocking your socks off i was gonna ask how do you feel about that brewery i haven't i haven't been there yet yeah they're all right i mean it's better than what ambridge used to have which was basically nothing <laughs> which is... all right so it's better than nothing i like your yelp review <laughs> there, there bud yeah <laughs> I, hey it, ambridge was for a long time a bunch of like as far as i could tell a bunch of drug fronts because <laughs> every bar was cash only oh and, shit oh shit uh the, i will say though um there's one bar harks 
and Harks used to do like 22 ounce plastic cups of pumpkin and two uh two x uh ipa for like seven bucks that's so, really fucked up i just yeah. I, immediately reminds me of the time that i probably had I, I probably didn't drink too much but it was enough that i was driving home from southern tier and like had to stop and vomit like less than a mile from the brewery because i think about pumpkin and i'm like nope it's just that beer too it's just like <laughs> So fucking sweet. You have two and you're like, I'm sick. <laughs> well, yeah, Hearts, Hearts used to, I haven't been there in a long time. But uh, yeah, Hearts used to do you up pretty good with craft beer for really on the cheap. <laughs> well, I am drinking uh, an old standby of mine. Probably the beer I drink, you know, probably more of than, than anything on a pretty consistent basis, which is uh, Pilsner Kell. Of course, the well, uh, the, Czech, the Czech classic here, um, out of an appropriate Pilsner Kell uh, half liter mug as well, which I have way too many Pilsner Kell pieces of Pilsner Kell glassware. But um, they recently kind of refreshed their packaging, and I just couldn't resist. I stumbled upon uh, a, a fresh case. Um, and the new packaging, they went back to like the old style bottle, oh, I like that. um, rather than the stubby one. Um, that is, it's very regal in nature, mm -hmm. but they, um, they, they did brown glass. So it's basically a very similar shape to the old green bottles, but brown, uh, which is obviously preferable from a, uh, a light struck perspective or protecting from light strike. So I was going to, I don't know if I told you when I was in Detroit, I was at this really crazy, cool dive bar next to the tattoo shop I went to. And, um, mm -hmm. I got a Pilsner Kell there and actually it, I, cause I immediately, he was just like, I said I wanted a light beer, and he was like, well, we have Pilsner Raquel, and I was like, oh, well, like, what's the date on it? And he was like, well, we just got it, and I, so I immediately was just like, that doesn't tell me anything, but he, it was dated sure. for, like, April 2022, so I was like, cool, and it was really great. It was delicious. Yeah, no, that's 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 pretty fresh. Yeah. Um, so for, especially for an import, so you're in probably pretty good shape there. They don't do the year out code dates like some other imports, which is which is good. Uh, it's like six months or eight months or something like that. So um, I think that's the that's the same um, same time frame that was on this case I just bought. So Sick. tasting pretty dang good. Mm -hmm. All right, let's jump into this flick. Uh, not you know I. So first of all, I should say spoilers abound uh so if you yes. have not seen the movie if you're planning on seeing the movie and you don't want anything spoiled for you this is your fair warning uh we are going to spoil the absolute ever-loving shit out of halloween kills 2021 so here is here is your final warning on that um that said i don't know we necessarily go through you know the whole kind of plot and everything but you know kind of what i was thinking was because i imagine a lot of people were going to be listening to this are people who have just seen it um and you know want to get some of their opinions either validated or contradicted or just kind of get a feel for how other people feel about it and uh you know i i um i always love to to go see these which last night didn't have this opportunity i went solo but uh i love to have a discussion about a movie the second i walk out of the theater the second i get done 
watching it um i'm always like hungry to like <laughs> voice my opinion and hear other people's opinions like right after i watch the movie and i went by myself last night so it really wasn't an option but it was funny because so many people i think share that same feeling i walked out and immediately like just struck up a completely organic conversation with like three other people literally as us as we're walking through the lobby like everyone's talking like what do you think what do you think and everyone's just looking at each other just waiting for people to talk to each other and the guy was like what did you it was this guy with with look like with you know uh, a couple and they were like what did you think and then you know so we started immediately talking and then i ended up standing in the in on the the uh, uh uh sidewalk outside the theater before we went to our cars talking to these three people for probably a good like five minutes on on the call or i mean on the on the film so um i imagine a lot of people are looking for that same level of of catharsis and that sort of thing so i figured we'd kind of focus on like what we really liked about it what we didn't like of course, some of the plot elements and, and story elements and scenes and stuff will kind of come up organically there. And then just kind of maybe some like question marks or like things we're still kind of like uncertain on or not sure how to feel about. I know for me, when I see a movie, I know that I need to let it marinate for <laughs> for a couple of days before I really kind of feel the, the way I want to, you know, I feel about it, like to kind of sink in. But um so first impression, the movie ends, the credits roll. What what, are, what were your thoughts on, on this one? So we already talked about how 2018 had those tonal problems. And I immediately was yeah. like, well, this doesn't have any tonal problems because it's all pretty yeah. bleak all the way through. Sure. Uh, the other thing that really stood out to me is holy shit how good is the score in this movie mm, yeah. oh the score is killer i mean the score in 2018 was incredible this one's right there with it um it's just it, it it's really really it just adds so much like you know they always have the old story about the 78 version when they when they screened it for people before release you know mm -hmm. without the movie or without the score i mean or with a with a an early version of the score i guess it literally like got laughs and then you add the score and people are passing out and yeah. pissing themselves, you know? So it's just, it's, it's always been such a big part of the, of the franchise. So they did not disappoint in that capacity. Yeah. Anything, anything else? I think I initially was just kind of like, man, I, I feel like there was a lot, like if we're talking just about initial reaction, there are things that I did like about it, but there was probably more, I wasn't a super huge fan of, but I was, didn't want to have too concrete of an opinion besides just the things I liked and disliked before talking to you guys. Cause I was like, these guys might put certain things into perspective for me, but, uh, yeah, I didn't, we can go and dive into the things I liked and didn't like after that. But yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my initial thought, I walked out, um, not, not in love with the movie, frankly. I mean, definitely not anywhere in my mind, at least like my initial reaction. Again, this is a gut reaction. This can kind of change over time as, as I've um, apt to do with uh, my opinions on movies, especially within the first, you know, 24, 48 hours of seeing it. I just walked out like, I'm glad I saw it. I had fun with it, but, but in my mind, it was a, it was a big drop off from, from the way I felt, you know, after walking out of the 2018 movie and, I feel like my expectations were a lot lower for this one. 2018, really? I, I mixed expectations, but I, um, I, they really exceeded my expectations, that film. This one, I went in with relatively low expectations because I, I really didn't... Like, the trailer really tempered my expectations, mm -hmm. especially the, the firefighter 
you know, <laughs> fucking beat em up scene. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, Streets of Rage, but with Michael Myers <laughs> and firefighters. Brent, like I, I really, I had a question for you about your experience. Yeah. Did was there actually a lot of like communal laughing that went on? There were a few chuckles here and there, um, for sure. Uh, not a ton. There, there wasn't any because it wasn't a packed house. Okay. Like in my experience, those types of things really come to the forefront either because you have a really vocal, you know, group of people who kind of give everyone the license to like speak up, mm-hmm. or it's a packed house. Like that's the only time I really see that a ton. And I wasn't in a packed house at all. It was just kind of like couples. Like there was, there was one group of three that was like way up in the back. Everyone else was just like singles or couples. So it wasn't, it wasn't a, a real active audience okay. in my experience, but there were some chuckles. There were some, yeah, yeah, there were a few of those things. I mean, I'm sure we'll touch on some of the fun, like parts that kind of came off as funny, but my, my experience was like, because I, there were, I think you hit it on the nose that there were so many people at my showing that when there were those humor moments, I was just like off put that I'm like at this horror movie but there's so much laughing and you don't really necessarily go into a halloween movie thinking that it's gonna have this comedy element to it which threw me off yeah. for this one i remember watching the 2018 movie and it was in a packed house mm-hmm. on opening night like literally sold out and i remember the the kid the young kid i don't remember the actor's name but you know the the, the kid getting babysat Oh that, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He was, he was yeah, the comedy. Yeah, okay. He was the comic. I remember him getting a ton of laughs. Yeah, he was cute. And then being a couple of other elements there, but like, yeah. Again, I just I didn't see it in that environment this time. So yeah, overall, I mean, in summation, I I walked out not not feeling particularly good about it, and 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 was kind of. Uh, we'll get into some of the specifics, but my my first impression was was not particularly strong. And of the you know the other three people that I talked about, you know that I talked to walking out of the the theater, they were like, "What the fuck was that?" Like they were mad. <laughs> they actually walked out like angry, um, not angry, but just like well, that was fucking trash. Like the one guy, I mean, this one guy was kind of a little bit of like a meathead type of guy. Um, so so he you know I don't know if I'm not saying his his opinion was uh, was was you know void by any means but just like yeah he was just like that was fucking bullshit bro like, <laughs> like oh, all right i can see why you think that but so what, what 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 are some of the things that that you like so i i should probably set up a little bit about it um and we can kind of go through just like the big chunks of the movie but like the the first thing that uh y- you get introduced in is it picks up immediately after after the like the same evening mm-hmm. obviously picks up right afterwards with uh, the boyfriend character, which his name, I, I didn't write down his name. It's probably but, uh, Allison's Tad. boyfriend. <laughs> Tad or Todd or Chad or Chode. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was probably not Chode, but it was, uh, it was um, uh, Allison's kind of love interest, right? And he kind of stumbles across Officer Hawkins and boy, you're off and running. So the, the thing I did like right off the bat is like, they throw you right back into the mix right off the bat. Some of that building stuff that was obviously a big part of the first movie um, isn't really a big element in, in this movie. It it jumps right into it, right? So that's like, I mean, it really had a lot of things in common with, with the original 1981 Halloween 2 yeah. in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. How did you feel about the way, because I, I felt like that structure didn't work for me because it starts 
I'm I'm good with starting right where we picked up off. Yeah. But I felt like almost they should have started with the uh the firefighter scene mm-hmm. to just really get things off and running. Yeah. And then go to Chode and Hawkins to <laughs> um like set up the the flashback cuz what we what we get to is a flashback to 1978. Yeah. And I just felt yeah. it it like that like that, that scene has a lot of explanation and it has mm-hmm. a lot of uh, obvious emotional impact and backstory for the Hawkins character. Yeah. But it, it, it just, I don't know. It doesn't move quickly enough. I think for as fast as, as you just want some action, like straight out the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can agree yeah. With that. No, I, I definitely agree. I think that, I think the one thing that, that, I I think for me, and this is just selfishly, I would have liked to have seen that that firefighter scene right off the bat as well, because then you're like, because they showed it in the trailer and they showed you everything pretty much in the trailer. Um, There was no other. There was really almost nothing else of of impact in that scene that wasn't really showcased in the trailer so like to get that out of the way because you know it's coming i think would have been would have been nice otherwise it would have been a really surprising cool scene if they if they wouldn't have shown it in the trailer and that's more of a a, a commentary on like you know the modern you know kind of film promotion and 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 the way that there's so many spoilers in the trailers all the time um but either that or i i i guess the only other option would have been to start with some of the flashback stuff from 78, but you really did need to revisit for the audience who Hawkins was and what his role in the first movie was. And and that's obviously, you know, the direction they ended up going. But yeah, I agree. They could have went could have went with that first and, and probably would have worked better in, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah, I felt like I, I guess I felt with that, like in certain ways, the callbacks and just like the revisiting of the history it, I I liked it, but I also just felt it was awkwardly put in. That was how I felt when I'm watching it. Yeah, it's like when you have something that picks up directly after the last movie let off, and it's almost like it's it's almost like it's one big script, one big continuing script. It's always, it, not always. It is quite often I find you know awkward the way they dip you back into the story. You know what I mean? Because it's like the question always becomes how much explanation of the first movie are you going to have like how much uh how much do you want someone who did not see the first movie to feel comfortable or be lost you know what i mean like how much are you going to hold those people's hands that was gonna be a question for you guys is that i didn't know when we're looking at like some films that maybe if they pulled they like called back so far that if someone was coming in and they'd never seen a horror movie they could walk into this one and just understand what was going on you know, that's kind of also how it felt. And I yeah. was like, I already they, saw it. I just watched it. You know, like, why Why would, you know, so coming from the other side, I was like, man, this isn't working against you. But I could see how if they're trying to pull more people in, how it could work for you. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it, they kind of didn't make a decision either way. You either have to go like Halloween 2, like the original Halloween 2, where they show you essentially the end of the first movie um, and then get into it or they just pick up where he left off and and the audience is left to sink or swim and they really didn't do either they kind of like waffled in the middle yeah. a little bit because they, they um, do have like a flashback sequence 
uh, when they when Lori, Karen, and Allison get to the hospital, there's a small yeah. flashback to them like locking Michael in the basement. But I think even at that point, you already seen him escape. So that that was just kind of a pointless edit, I think. Yeah. So so you go from there, um, and 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 then you start to transition, like I said, into pretty early on this this flashback to to nineteen. 78 um and it is essentially um hawkins and his it's essentially how michael got captured on halloween night 1978 um you know after he's killed you know annie and 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 bob and uh and and everyone you know and and they end up uh uh you know they kind of show like sheriff Brackett, you know like discovering annie's or, or identifying annie's body i guess or whatever and it's kind of the the small scale manhunt that's happening around haddonfield and it's a bunch of these like young green cops um hunting around town on foot and in cars and you're introduced to hawkins and his partner which i don't remember his name but it's kind of inconsequential anyway and then you have um uh uh lonnie which the only reason you'd ever remember Lonnie from the first 1978 movie is Loomis's famous line where they are daring each other to walk up to the steps of the Meyer house and Loomis is hiding in the bushes and he does the whole, the whole, uh, Hey Lonnie, get your ass away from there. You know, uh, when he goes up. So this is Lonnie all grown <laughs> up. Um, but in this movie, but you do get that snapshot of Lonnie, like on his way home, having a, um, you know, run in ish with with Michael, um, but then him kind of like either sparing him or or just ignoring him and then him being saved by the cops. Long story short, uh, they go back to the house and I really appreciate this is probably one of if not probably my second favorite part of the movie is the 78 flashback uh, stuff. Um, not only does I thought Michael looked awesome mm -hmm. like i just feel like he encompassed the 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 shape from the original movie you also get a um i'm sure a cgi touched up donald pleasance ish type of stand-in yeah i want i wanted uh, to know what you thought about that from a distance it was great but then when you saw him close up you're like Ooh, he kind of looks like uh um captain lou albano a little bit or something i don't know yeah. he just had this like old italian uncle kind of look <laughs> to him for a second i don't know why he just uh but but for when you first saw him from a distance i was like oh man like he just has the posture of loomis yeah. he just feels like he encompassed him but when you see it a little closer up it's a little uncanny valley yeah at first you just hear like audio clips because you see, you see like the cops circling the house, and you hear yeah. Loomis audio clips. But then he shows up at the bottom of the stairs with Hawkins, yeah. and it's like, oh, they're doing something kind of like Star Wars did with that uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. And I'm like, ah, but it, but it didn't look as bad as that. So no, no, it wasn't anywhere nearly as bad as that. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been a lot more acceptable if they would have just kept it a little bit pulled out. Right. Um, but but I, I didn't have a problem with it personally. Um, but they, then you do go upstairs and I do like the attention to detail. Um, you know, not just is, is there the carcass of the of the dog that apparently Michael has has, you know, eaten uh, for sustenance, but also even, you know, the attention to detail on the the. Uh, the gutter that has collapsed and that broke the window that uh, inspired the uh, 
you know, Donald Pleasance to pull out his revolver in the first movie mm-hmm. when talking to Sheriff Brackett. So there's a lot of attention to detail there. Um, these two green cops uh, get attacked by Michael. Um, one of them is is being strangled. Uh, Sheriff Brackett's uh, character, uh, or I'm sorry, Hawkins, uh, and his partner are there. His partner is being strangled. Hawkins is kind of panicking. Michael is in front of him, and it's one of those classic, like, take the shot, you know, hostage situation almost types of things. Yeah. And he accidentally shoots his partner uh, in the throat, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, shoots him right in the neck. Pretty much. Yeah. Which is uh, really almost worst case scenario. I mean, you didn't do the worst possible thing. You didn't shoot him through the eye or some shit, but boy, you you, you really really bumbled that one up there. I feel like Officer to really Hawkins, feel but... cavalier to make that shot, you have to know you're a good shot. And uh, I just don't think he was. Well, no, yeah. he proves he wasn't a good <laughs> shot because after, yeah. after he shoots his partner, Michael takes off and he misses three more shots at Michael with no like hostage. As he's just casually walking, he's just like a brisk yeah. walk. <laughs> yeah, I, I immediately thought of the uh, the scene from Blazing Saddles where he's like, look at this, steady as a rock. And he's like, yeah, but I shoot with this hand. He comes in with the shaky hand. Like that's, that's why I was like, Hawkins is, uh, is, is Gene Wilder's character from that movie. He just like, boy, he, yeah, he proves himself to be not the most effective uh, cop in the world. And his, his partner dies, you know, there on the floor in the, in, uh, in Judith Myers old room. I would so. like to see a parody video of like Michael Myers walking out of that with just a middle finger behind him. as he like, <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. He just slides off camera um and he has the opportunity to either chase michael or uh or or tend to his his dying partner which he obviously does the latter eventually and you don't get this right away but you do get a flashback later on to and and you learn that michael as they went outside you know that the cavalry was approaching and michael um you know was kind of surrounded outside by by cops um and then um you know another officer came up behind the head and just you know beat the hell out of his head with a with a billy club took him down uh, Loomis was there ready to just execute Michael right on the front lawn uh, with his revolver and Hawkins came in and and saved him. So you learn this later um, and this is 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 meant to be a little bit of like an emotional payoff and or kind of catharsis for Lori because Lori believes that she, you know, let him escape. And then has created these, you know, decades of, of trauma throughout the town. But then Hawkins kind of says, like, no, it was my fault. You know, Loomis was going to end it. And, and I didn't, you know, I stopped him, you know, for whatever reason. So, um, again, that's that's jumping forward a little bit. But that's kind of the the importance of that scene, really. That that's that's how it comes comes full circle. But how about how about Michael, like the mask, the the performance? Like, how did you guys kind of feel about that? That's great, like all around. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. the, that's the one thing that stands out about uh, you know both 2018 and this is just the because they they have the original actor Nick Castle for occasional things, but then yeah. uh, the new guy who does most of the physical work, I believe, is just yeah, he's on point. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, James Jude Courtney, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked how his the mask, physicality is great. Yeah, I yeah. liked even how the, like the mask it like has this age character to it, and then just kind of keeps growing and changing as like he's experiencing. So I, I kind of like that too. But yeah, no, I, I, my takeaway was he was on point. You know, 
Yeah, he's honestly, I think he is even in the stalking type scenes, whether it be the scene in the park later or whatever, like he just and and the frankly, the scene, the fault, the long sequence of following behind him in the 2018 movie yeah. is for me one of the most iconic scenes in the entire franchise yeah. mm-hmm. um he just it's so great um and and yeah i just think he's he's definitely the most threatening michael myers uh, of the franchise yeah. so mm-hmm. um, and, and he doesn't let down this one i think it, like in a lot of ways it's he's not trying to play michael myers or not trying to play any other slasher feels like he's mm-hmm. playing a terminator which is, mm. yeah. you know, mm. he's like, yeah. it's just walk, kill, move on. Unfeeling, <laughs> yeah. yeah, unyielding, yeah. unfeeling type of thing. Um, I like that because then when Michael makes decisions, then you can get into, okay, why, wait, why did he do that? You know what I mean? Because that's the whole the whole mystique and the whole mystery around the, the Halloween franchise is why Michael does anything mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right. what you know I mean? what question just, i like, really he's... have after this one is though why can't michael ever fucking die yeah <laughs> you know that's that's because there's another movie come on yeah. oh my no, god that was the so, most so, anywho i'm getting ahead of myself anywho no and that's why honestly this is this is sounds like pedantic and this is like fanboy you know like toxic fan base type of stuff um not you know i don't want to make it sound worse than it is but like i do i remember I loved H2O because Michael fucking died at the end. Mm, Like it was 20 years later after all of this shit, blah, blah, blah. Jamie Lee Curtis kills Michael Myers. Except she doesn't. I know, but that's so fucking dumb. That's why I hated everything after that for a long, long time is like you got this unexpected, super ballsy, just like, you know what? Fuck it. She kills his ass. You know what I mean? We're going to give you, we're going to blindside you with this, like, the ultimate thing is, is Michael going to kill Lori? Is Lori going to kill Michael? No, Lori fucking kills Michael. Here's your answer. You have closure. You have an answer. Right. And then, of course, they, 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 the most clumsy, you know, retcon of that ever, obviously, in the next movie, but it was just uh, in, in uh, Resurrection, but it was just like, I loved that. And I knew that wasn't going to come in this movie because it's a middle movie in the in the trilogy mm-hmm. but i i almost in the back of my mind had like a little bit of a of a hope that maybe they did it they threw you a big old curveball and then the last movie was like some sort of divergent storyline that had to do with michael you know what i mean or something like that but you know it didn't didn't come wait but uh, they, can you they, clarify they, something they, for me do you just say something about this like so between the 2018 and this one is there are they already planning that there was going to be three of them yeah. okay i yeah, think yeah. i missed yep. that which is great because i literally felt like this was a stepping stone movie you know i i like so little happened that i was like this can't be it you know Right. And that's why I walked yeah. away being like, Michael's just never going to die. And I don't think they're going to end it on the next one. I'm going to, I'm going to. Well, it's like, called Halloween ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last I'm movie is called that. Halloween ends. So, <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. It's funny. It's not going to end. The one thing I know is it's not going to end. The movie's called Halloween ends. Oh, okay. Okay. No, um, no I, I just don't believe like... it. I think they're going to lie to me. I literally don't think that they're going to yeah, do they, it. They might, they might. Mm. Um, but it's 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 weird because 
knowing this was a middle movie in the trilogy made my expectations much much lower Mm -hmm. and and i think it did suffer from the middle movie in a trilogy (laughs) symptoms which is it needs to explain the first movie but it also needs to set up the next movie and that is a fucking hard thing to be that bridge honestly uh, we talked about it a little bit but like i was getting halloween five flashbacks not in, <laughs> not in all the other ways that Halloween 5 is a piece of shit, but yeah. like nothing really happens in Halloween 5 either. Like they, right. they spend a lot of time talking about the Thorn cult and there's a lot of time mm-hmm. setting up what happened after 4, but yeah. the, nothing really happens. W- one of my big notes that I have written down is uh, did they plan a trilogy or did they write a two and a half hour film realizing nobody's going to sit through two and a half hours of Halloween. No producer is yeah. going to allow that. And so they yeah. made two films and padded out one of them. You might be right. You might be right because I mean, that's certainly what Halloween 2018 felt like a fleshed out, fully fleshed out film. though, yeah. And this didn't. For right. me. I was going to ask you guys uh, what your perspective was on all of the nostalgic callbacks to like original characters and see if this is something that you guys have seen in other trilogies or other series, because I felt like it was just so forced that they're like, Hey, like kind of what you're talking about where they're trying to pad it. Like, Oh, what can we do to make this one a little bit more interesting? Let's bring back characters and start talking about them because that'll get the people who initially watched the movie back in 1978 to be interested in this one and he gives us something else to do. Cause I, I just don't feel like they did a lot with those like throwbacks. Thoughts. Yeah. Here. I mean, obviously, obviously like Tommy Doyle was a big part of this movie mm-hmm. and like, so I mixed feelings because I like Haddonfield as a world, you know what I mean? And I do like the small town and I, and I think they were onto something strong with the whole idea, with this whole like message of the enemy is at Michael Myers, the enemy is fear kind mm, of thing. Yeah. Um, and, but, but it just feels like they were kind of ham fisted and kind of fart smelling. You know, they kind of were well, sniffing, sniffing their own like, farts a little bit I, with well, it. I was also even thinking about the, um, like in the, it was early on in the movie where they're at the bar and it's Lonnie at, and he's like calling out the other two women that were, you know, that those are the type of characters I'm talking about. Like the ones that like they killed off really early. I'm like, why the fuck are they even here to do anything? Because it's just, it's like they're in and out. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, it was a clumsy, weird scene. So like, so Lonnie was, was one of the kids who picked on Tommy uh, to a certain extent when he was little. And then also was one of the, you know, little dick kids who went up and was, you know, trying to sneak into the Meyer house. Lindsay was the was the the woman that that Annie Brackett's character was babysitting in the first movie. And then, of course, Tommy Doyle was the kid that that Lori was babysitting. Um, oh, before we go any further, anybody spot who played Lonnie? He was we watched in some somebody recently. Lonnie who was kind of like the you know the stoner guy the dad of the love yeah. interest kind he of guy He looked familiar he, but I couldn't place him. He was Joe Colley from Midnight Mass. Oh, Robert okay. Longstreet. Mm, okay. Yeah, he was he was the 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 you know the 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 local you know uh you know he's the alcoholic guy who shot the girl in the spine and stuff yeah. in uh, in Midnight Mass. Um but in any case, uh I like that they use these people to flesh out Haddonfield and give it 
do the world building aspect of it. I two things I had a problem with there, and of course, and 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 um and and nurse uh uh nurse chambers right. She she's a recurring recurring character. She was there the night Michael escaped in seventy eight with Loomis in the car and all that stuff. Uh, I liked that stuff well enough. I would have liked more if they just were like happened to be all hanging out at a community event, not we get together every Halloween to right. bring people down and bum people out at the bar <laughs> you know, with our trauma and stuff like bum that. Bum out all the, the younger locals and people who maybe moved into the neighborhood and they're like, what the hell did yeah. I get into? I, I really didn't know. This was something totally that I kind of had an issue with. Is like, so Anthony Michael Hall, you know, played Tommy Doyle. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was trying to make the Tommy Doyle character into something that that the the writers and directors, I don't know about the directing, but like I feel like he was trying to play a different character than than what the story was trying to tell. Was the idea I think was supposed to be like this guy who thinks he's doing good and and is is not right. He's fueling the fear and fueling the fire and and all this all, all this kind of unrest within the community because of his like this this headstrong mentality of like i am going to deliver some sort of righteous justice yeah. and he was meant to be a a a, a bad guy you know who uh, to a certain extent right but i think anthony michael hall thought he was get, he was playing this like badass like negan type character right. <laughs> um like he definitely wanted to be more of an action hero badass he felt like it was like he was trying to be ray Liotta or something like that, <laughs> that <laughs> you that's know what a better, I mean? yeah a ray Liotta type is a lot better yeah I- I- instead of instead of being the inc- inciting mob dickhead yeah. I, I i don't know i feel like they i feel like it, it was purposely more ambiguous that like he's not a villain per se Mm -hmm. because the villain is this is supposed to be michael like of course yeah yeah. and and so they're not trying to do like a double twist like they did in 2018 where like oh and also the doctor was a villain i think this was much more of we're trying to keep it ambiguous and obviously the overall story we move from that generational trauma to Mm -hmm. like within a family to like what Mm -hmm. does that act what does that look like when it affects an entire community it's like that's the expanding and i really like that part about this film is like let's expand it to the community now what does it look like when it affects everybody so yeah and i think that's why all of these characters in in the town all have like these scales of gray Mm -hmm. and obviously there's a reflective amount to what is going on in our own society and you can read it however you want to so that's that's why I feel like I, I don't know I I liked Anthony Michael Hall in this I liked the way he played it and I just really? yeah yeah he didn't bug me at all I I got what he was going yeah. for and you know it 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 ends appropriately for him but mm-hmm. yeah it didn't uh, yeah yeah I could see that I could see that side of it I, I I'm definitely I'm definitely open and and I'm eager to see you know kind of how I feel upon a upon a second watch but just for whatever reason something about that performance rubbed, rubbed me the wrong way where he was trying to be just I don't know you know the grabbing old hickory and you know he was just trying to be I don't know why it felt like maybe the ambiguity is what made me feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. with that character you know what I mean I don't know yeah. well, I feel like there's but, like almost uh, this like reactive element but I actually that was one of my thoughts 
uh, like what you mentioned with like, I, I feel like in ways this movie could like definitely capitalize that they could take advantage mildly of some sort of social commentary that could exist. And like I said, a lot of people also interpret it as they need to, but it really had that feel of when fear is in the picture and you have this overwhelming perspective on things, it can make people do insane things that from the outside, when you're trying just to scream and like, Hey, this is not what's actually happening. But I, I think we're, we're talking about Doyle for that um, Anthony Michael Hall character. I, I almost, I got mad at him a bit because I felt like he almost had this like logical sense and then you just couldn't fully take him seriously the rest of the movie because he was kind of part of that, this like irrational mob that wasn't right. listening and was just acting off of fear. Yeah. And um, well, he, he kind of started a flame, like he st- he sparked a flame that he then yeah. couldn't control. Exactly, yeah. kind of thing. And then, and then, like you also like you feel like not bad, but you kind of sympathize in the way that there's a scene, you know, where they basically start a literal stampede almost, and they can't control it. Yeah. And but like there's a scene where like just Karen and him connect for a moment, mm-hmm. and like yeah. he realizes that he's done wrong mm-hmm. and, like, it, he, and that's why that's why I like the ambiguity of the character because he at least realizes when he's done wrong and mm-hmm. like that wasn't his intention so yeah it's like he would have been a bad guy had he never gone oh look what I've you know look what I've done yeah I've incited this mob against the other escaped mental mm-hmm. patient well, let me just call know. out how badass the bitches can still be in this franchise and how I think they're still pushing that so far because um, Judy Greer, like her character taking over is like, oh, she's fucking awesome. But I feel like even this was almost this, like this is the next step is that she has to almost take over. So she gets to assert to Tommy Doyle's character and be like, no, this is what we're fucking doing. You know, kind of, I feel like she had that Mm -hmm. vibe. He was like almost leaning on her because she was fucking right. And, um, I kind of like that transition and I will suspect that we're probably going to see more of that in the last movie now that we're talking about it. Yeah. I, I wonder if, because she kind of took the Laurie role a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was confusing because it was a kind of passing of the guard a little bit f- with the Strode women where, you know, in the first movie and, and this is me, working through this in my brain as we go here. So like the more I talk about it, the more I'm kind of a little bit more okay with it. Um, but in the first movie, you know, Lori was the decisive one. Lori was the, the, the action taker, right? right. Um, she's incapacitated in this movie. And I remember walking out because I love the character of Lori Strode and I love Jamie Lee Curtis. So the fanboy in me is going, you didn't give Lori anything to do the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Like she just mm. laid in a hospital bed and had some interactions with Hawkins and had some interactions with Karen and, and need a <laughs> unnecessarily need a doctor in the balls, you know, like, st- you know, she doesn't really do anything, unfortunately, but she is the, She's the main protagonist in in the first movie, obviously. And then in this movie, the main protagonist is Karen, right? right? Is her daughter, Mm -hmm. is is Judy Greer's character. So I've got to assume, you know, this has more to do with the, like, generational, uh, the responsibility of the trauma 
um, or, or the blame of the trauma or however you want to put it, not being on the individuals, but ultimately the responsibility of dealing with mm-hmm. it is on the individuals within each generation. So I've got to assume, you know, again, we've already said spoiler alert, so I won't, you know, I won't believe it, but like at the end of this movie, Karen assumingly dies, right? right? Um, we don't know for sure. I guess they could bring her back but it seemed pretty clear she was dead um so you got to assume that now all all of the uh the the remaining kind of efforts will fall on the shoulders of allison in the third movie right. um but and just i mean just the way like so we had this movie pick up the exactly after 2018 you have to mm-hmm. assume halloween ends is going to pick up exactly after that moment where mm-hmm. like everybody yeah. everybody is still outside of that house Right, mm-hmm. getting motherfucking murdered. Yeah, like every everybody's I, I, Michael's going gently. I, I just genuinely got so upset at that because they set it up like this is so perfect, and that's why when I started out this episode, I'm just like Michael will never fucking die. He just like I just don't believe it. I think there's something supernatural to his character, anyways. Yeah, I thought um, that when they were doing like the gang beatdown of Michael, um, I was like, okay, he's definitely not going to die because they're not going to let Michael Myers, this iconic character, die at the hands of a bunch of nameless, faceless dickweeds and Tommy Doyle. You know what I mean? But then when Karen stabbed him. I was like, oh, maybe it mm-hmm. is it. I don't know. So they kind of lured you in like, we might well, do maybe, it. We might do maybe it. Maybe they'll no, set it up so that it. the daughter officially does it. Like, it's not going to be yeah, Lori. I think it's not going to be, the... you know, Karen. It's going to be the daughter. But also it pissed me off because yeah, I feel like I, it should I, be Lori. Yeah, maybe it is. I mean, Lori's still Lori's still kicking. So um, not 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 entirely sure there. But a um, couple of kind of additional thoughts or I guess like big scenes, big sequences. Like I said, we won't go through sequence by sequence, but like a couple of things. The um, firefighter scene. Thoughts on that? Good, bad. I, I you know, personally, I think there's a little bit of both, but. How did you how how was that received for you? It wasn't a surprise unless you didn't watch the trailer, but I it felt classic to me. Almost it felt like expected. But maybe too soon. I don't know. Uh I like I thought it was gory enough and it seemed to the character. Uh I was yeah. in, I was into it because it felt like we're getting this constant ramping up. Like if you if you follow the timeline of these films, like how it starts with Michael Myers murdering one person, his sister. Hmm. Then hmm. it expands in Halloween seventy eight. He kills a couple people. Then yeah. twenty eighteen, he kills even more people. So now this hmm. one, it's just like a constant building of like you know how many people is he going to murder? How many you know like how yeah. unstoppable is he? How like, and again, it goes all the way back to that, you know, you know, what is his motivation? But it's just like, when, when is enough enough for him? Yeah. I, 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 I can appreciate that he's in like full ber- berserker mm-hmm. mode, you know, at this point. My issues with this scene, because the imagery was great. I mean, that scene mm-hmm. of him walking out and standing on the porch in the doorway yeah. with the fire and the, and the, the water behind him and the lighting, like, fantastic. I, you know, I, I see that as one of the most standouts, you know, especially still images in the history of the franchise. Loved it. My concern comes with, and this is, this is a matter of personal preference. I get it. 
when Michael goes into this like Jet Li level <laughs> hand to hand <laughs> battle, you know, it always rubs me the wrong way. And he doesn't do it in the first, you know, he doesn't do it in the original movie, obviously. And like, I like the fact that Michael is like his superpowers there's always inconsistencies with Michael's strength. Right. Um, going back to the first movie when he, you know, and it's a physically kind of dumb scene. It's an iconic scene. And listen, I love it. But when he pins Bob to the door with the knife in the first movie, it's like, how does that work? <laughs> uh, I get it. Um, but I remember as a kid hating the scene in the second movie where he holds up the, the nurse with the scalpel in her back. And just thinking, like, why Why do you have to make him Jason? Why do you have to make him so strong and so badass? His thing is, he has no remorse. He has no hesitation. He's inhumanly patient. He is inhumanly observant in a, in a, in a predatorial, you know, wild animal type of way where, like, he will wait and lure you into a false sense of security. And if you give him one second, he'll kill you. Right. Um, a fraction of a second. So when he goes Terminator like that, it really, it always rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when he's picking up the the firefighter on like the thing he's just stabbed him with, I just, again, I, I can I can deal with it. I didn't love that portion of it. The thing that really stuck out to me as odd with this scene is like, why did the firefighters turn into putties? You know what I mean? Or like, or like the foot clan, they all of a sudden were like, let's get them boys. Like you're firefighters, your first responders coming to a burning building that you are worried there's a person in. And also one of your, at least one of your, uh, fellow firefighters ha has, you know, obviously put out kind of the mayday alarm, right? Something's bad. You're in saving people mode mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you're like i'm gonna fire up this circular saw and come at you with I, it like that's a wild decision that that one i actually felt was pretty funny genuinely yeah. Yeah. like the circular saw yeah yeah it's it, it was hilarious but you're right there should have been some sort of clue for them yeah that they needed to fight him there some no... inciting incident just... he comes out with a with a with a firefighter you know that he has just killed or something yeah. you know or what even I mean? his something. head and just throws like yeah. the head you know rolling yeah. around in the helmet right. then they have a reason yeah you're right about that they they, they did well and also yeah why are the firefighters all like yeah, they just turn into the Foot Clan or right. putties or something. Well, and also the, here's the other thing too is, and this was me think I was thinking about this in the drive home from the theater last night. I'm like, how could they have done that better? Because I, I I would not want to do away with that scene. Mm -hmm. But my thought was like, in the commotion of the fire and and all the all the just craziness that's happening as you're trying to put out a fire, Michael walks out. Someone walks up to him to try to like, hey, are you okay? You know, whatever. Yeah. And then he just stabs somebody. And maybe someone comes to rescue him and he kills somebody else, you know, and you can mm. get creative with the kills. You don't have to do something crazy, but you can get a little bit more creative with it. And then he just kind of slinks off. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to decimate all of these people in this like weird kung fu movie style showdown. <laughs> but I feel like I feel, this movie portrayed him in that way that like you know you think about it how did it end it ended in the similar fashion just not as aesthetically pleasing as like the fire being the backdrop mm -hmm. but i i felt like 
it's definitely building him up to just be this like it's it is almost like rampage mode almost like i am now Mm. fucking done i'm not playing games i clearly was just about to be murdered though to talk uh briefly dive into how the fuck did he figure out how to get into that gun safe thing and how did that gun safe thing be fireproof I was like, holy yeah. shit. I was like, that makes sense. He just found a new spot, but he didn't know about that. Well, if I recall, Lori had opened it up in the previous movie because she was equipping everyone with weapons because she was oh, you think he, trying to shoot him through the floor. So you think she maybe yeah. left, first it, movie? left it open and then he just saw it and was like, yeah, boom, or left I'm it unlatched or something. Hmm. That doesn't seem like a Lori move, though. I feel like at this point, she seems so calculated. But I guess at the same time, this movie is also setting it up to be like, Lori isn't perfect, you know? Like, she's calculating all the ways that she's fucked up and not been able to actually execute this, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't don't love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that kind of was the point, though, that, you know, the what causes Karen to become the main character in this is that she is now taking on the responsibility because for all of Lori's planning, they still couldn't kill him. Mm-hmm. So like for everything that they wanted to do and kill him and end it all, she couldn't. So now that's why it has to be, you know, her plan and her responsibility. But yeah, I think she just one slip up of leaving that gun, you know, that gun case open with the metal door. And then Michael was able to slip into it and hide himself. I find that to be mildly interesting because I feel like Karen denied. I mean, she's clearly equipped and like got all the training, but like I, I just find it interesting that they would want to just like almost not like pawn it off on her. Like, how could she do better than Lori? Being Lori, being the most prepared. Like, well, what yeah. is Lori missing per se? Yeah, well, it wasn't that she was punning it off. She was taking a completely different approach because she mm-hmm. didn't want Allison going out and fighting anymore. She was reserved to the idea that they couldn't beat Michael. Yeah, True. It, it was an. It wasn't until it wasn't until that they uh, caused the death of that other patient, and uh, Karen needs to get her daughter back. That they decide to put together this other plan. And the narrative was like she she needs to take up the mantle because she maybe understands because of her experience growing up and Laurie being her mother and the you know all the things she had been told her entire life she knew that maybe she had an angle to try to beat Michael or kill Michael in a way that other people in the town didn't, mm-hmm. but she didn't want to take on the responsibility because she had just resigned herself to like, no, I'm looking out for myself. I'm looking out for my immediate family, that sort of thing. And then, you know, when somebody who is equipped to do the job doesn't step up, then you end up with dickheads like Tommy Doyle. Right. You know what I mean? So it's almost like that responsibility, not only for herself, but like the greater good kind of thing yeah. ends up falling on her shoulders and yeah. also you and also at that point like you also have like the police essentially defeated in a way because they can't handle the mob they can't handle michael you know yeah uh it's the 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 sheriff in this movie yeah just just a small thing just how great would it have been if he was actually anthony anderson's character 
from the town that dreaded sundown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he seemed to be channeling that with the cowboy hat right. and the fancy suit. You know what I mean? I was like, um, man, why not just hire Anthony Anderson and have him play a retired <laughs> Texas Ranger? <laughs> because they couldn't aff- they couldn't afford Anthony Anderson for for a role like that, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, um, it was uh, it was. He, he was pretty ineffective yeah. um, as a uh, uh, as a as a police chief, obviously. But um, so jumping ahead just a just a little bit, I did. I liked the surprise killing of Karen at the end. You know, you don't really know how it's going to end. They lure you into, hey, look, here's the the panning in mm-hmm. shots of of them hugging on the stairs outside and almost like the catharsis is starting um type of thing and then karen sees and then they surprise you right yeah um with with karen karen getting killed i i personally i thought that was fine um but what is the significance of Karen seeing young Michael in the clown costume up in his window? Was that her sympathizing or empathizing with Michael in some way? And that was her. I'm trying to make the connection of like what th- there was obviously some some heavy symbolism happening there. And maybe it'll come to light a little bit more in the next movie. But. I genuinely think I would, I like, we'd be reaching to try to fully understand it. And maybe Steve has a different perspective on that. But I also think there is a small chance in this universe of Halloween that maybe Karen isn't dead. It's possible. Yeah, you could. Yeah, absolutely. Any, anybody cannot be dead. I mean, Michael got his goddamn head cut off in, in H2O and then popped back in, in the next movie. So, mm-hmm. the, yeah, anything could happen here. She could. I mean, we all thought Hawkins was dead. Right. You know, in the first first movie. So it's like you never really know. But my thought immediately. And again, this is me being jaded by this franchise for <laughs> <laughs> a quarter century um is karen having some sort of telepathic connection to michael is are they gonna bring back the family tie thing uh, I, that they swore to have retconned out uh i don't know i i, I mean far-fetched fan theory i get it but like why did she see him? I, th- I, th- I think it was just like sloppy symbolism just surface level symbolism yeah, because it, well and it was also sloppy because why would karen know what young michael looks like exactly sure. that's that's why that's why i was confused unless, yeah, that, that's so, unless in the training or something like that that Lori then imparted that on her and was like hey you know what i mean like that's the only other plausible thing i think or maybe maybe it's just in newspaper clippings like when michael like when michael as a child was originally arrested yeah. but like the the whole thing they go through is there's this symbolism of maybe michael when he's standing at that window he's not looking out on the world he's looking back in on himself so yeah you get this whole thing of and it's just like sloppy kind of lazy symbolism of oh we need to look inside of ourselves to understand ourselves and then karen goes in to look outside to look out the window that Michael looks out. And I think she's trying to gain Michael's perspective. Yeah. The same way, like the sheriff did the same way everybody else has. And you, same way Sartain tried to, yeah. and he ultimately it was his demise too. Yeah. And it's just like, you can't, you can't understand Michael. Yeah. Unless you're Michael. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I think you're right. Cause yeah, that was the new, the, the one thing I did like is they took a big old, they didn't take a ton of bold swings on this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in some of the scenes and stuff they did, but I mean, as far as like things that are really impactful for the storyline going forward, the only really big thing that this movie took was the narrative is now shifted. Whereas Michael isn't really after Lori, right? That's not his goal. It was a hundred percent happenstance. It was Sartain bringing them together because he was trying to understand Michael, mm-hmm. but they've come to the conclusion now that he was never really specifically after Lori in any way that was more significant than he was after anybody else. It's all about coming home. It's all about, you know, that standing in that specific spot in his sister's bedroom and and trying to understand himself, I guess, or or being aware of himself in a way that he never will be able to be. Let's just say that this is a movie about how your ego can get the best of you. Because Laurie's like, this is about me. Hawkins is like, this is about me. And then Michael Myers is like, no, this is about me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah. it's just like his stream. <laughs> Right, and, and yeah. then, but that's, but I think even trying to project the idea that Michael is trying to understand himself mm-hmm. is, is again, it's just adding ego to something that isn't there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think some, you know, some people call it out perfectly when they say he's just an animal, he's just an apex predator. That's yeah, all it I is. would prefer. And, I would prefer that. Honestly, I would fucking prefer that. Yeah, that's all it is. And he yeah. stands. He stands in that window when he's not killing the same way a cat looks at a fucking wall. Wow, you're saying <laughs> yeah. a cat is an apex predator right now? Yeah, cats are pretty strong. They're good. They're good at killing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I think it was the 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 guy who plays him. I I feel like I remember hearing that in an interview or reading that in an interview that he studied cats yeah okay and the way that they walk in felines <laughs> literally as like as as a as a predator because because the reason i remember this is they were talking about how how um cats don't just kill out of necessity they kill because they like to kill yeah, yeah. That, that's why um, you find like that's why if you ever had a cat it'll bring you mouse presents it wasn't gonna yeah. eat it it just said, ha yeah. look what I did. Yeah. I like to hunt and I like to kill. I, had, uh, I grew up in New Jersey and I had a cat that uh, would bring us flounder, for, like baby flounder from across the street. That was also a good one. And um, since the story is far enough removed, I also grew up on a Coast Guard base and uh, one time brought us a parakeet, you know? It's just uh, like a private. <laughs> just out of someone's yeah, house. It was like, this is definitely a pet. That's a and pet. That's, that's, that's like, yeah. And my parents were like, don't tell anyone. I'm like... Okay. Well, now, twenty years later, our, our I'm, I'm pets coming heads out. Are falling I'm off. coming out. <laughs> Listen, if we're airing dirty laundry, Meg, Meg killed all her her neighbors' pets. Um, no, I'm just exposing my cat. Meg, so, Meg is an apex predator. <laughs> Meg is the apex predator. That's one of me for Halloween. She's going around in a little ghost costume. Uh, the the what the. It's one of me for yeah. Halloween, guys. I I so. I'm thinking through this, right? This, this has, this is, you know, we're less than 24 hours into, you know, after seeing this movie and I'm, I'm thinking through this stuff a little bit more and, and I am guarantee my thoughts will evolve on this movie, um, you know, over, over in the coming days and weeks as well. But like, I'm starting to think that maybe Michael getting up at the end from another multiple gunshots and a stabbing in the 
spine or whatever from Karen and getting his just ass whooped with a bunch of two by fours and all that stuff. Like, again, it's, it's, it's certainly not realistic and, you know, neither is him, you know, picking up a firefighter kind of thing. Like there's nothing, you know what I mean? They've kind of abandoned that. And frankly, you know, it's in the DNA <laughs> yeah. of the franchise. Yeah. Also, so I, it's not, it, it doesn't click all the time, but you have to remember he's easily in his sixties. He's an old man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like, I, I know some old people. They couldn't take a punch, let alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got old man strength. Yeah. But it's a, you know, it's 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 funny because, you know, him getting up at the end, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. And again, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. You know, I'm working through this through my head as I'm talking here. But the idea of after he kills the first time, which is his sister when he's six in 1963 or whatever, he comes outside and he gets caught, right? His parents catch him and ultimately get taken to, you know, the asylum and all that stuff. Then 20 years later, 20-ish years later, whatever it is. Uh, no, no, it wasn't 20. It wouldn't have been 15 years later because he was 21. 15 years later in 78, he gets taken down again right outside the house in the same way and they show this scene later on this is when loomis is going to kill him but but hawkins saves him he recognizes in that moment that he is dead to rights and he is going to allow himself to be taken in again um and the way i'm taking that this might be wrong and again i'm I'm the kind of think talking through this he was 21 he knows instinctually in some capacity that he has a whole life ahead of him still at 21 so he can go to this asylum and he has time to buy mm-hmm. right for another escape now that's 20 years later on top of that or no it's more than it's 20 really years 40. later on top of that it's eight it's 40 years later on top of that because i i keep thinking h2 right, right, right. it didn't happen h2 it didn't happen in this <laughs> or, i mean in this in this timeline 40 years later, he gets the opportunity again. Yeah. The inhuman patience. He gets the opportunity to again. And the reason he gets up is because he knows instinctually that he might not get another chance. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? He's in his 60s now. He's if he's got to wait 40 more years, it ain't going to happen. Right. Yeah. He can tell that he's not as whatever, as powerful as fit or whatever. Who knows? Maybe maybe he's peaking right now. I don't know. But instinctually, that animalistic instinct of his knows that if he goes back and he gives himself up, he might not. Right. Might not get another opportunity. Yeah. And also, like the more it also just kind of ties back into like the why why the more he's killing more is also because he's becoming more and more of a cornered animal. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the the more an animal is sick and dying, the more it fights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, totally. that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about the whole what Lori says about the more he kills, the more he transcends. Right. I'm a little nervous about what that means. <laughs> Wait, is what... that just Lori being <sighs> Lori, or is like, is he gonna go Super Saiyan on everybody? Yeah. Well, that's why I was also like saying, like, he almost has this like um, supernatural character to him that. I mean, like, it would be almost like a wild card thing for them to try to introduce on the next one, but I, I don't know if I'd put it up, like, like, I don't know. I don't think everyone yeah. would stop. I would hope they don't. I, yeah. I don't. I, I, 
I, I don't I don't think it is. What I think it is, it's it's more of an allusion to. Uh, so like throughout the throughout both of the movies, you see a lot of like mythos going along. Like they they touch on the fact that like Lori actually isn't his sister in 2018. Mm-hmm. You know they they make a little fun about that. And then they talk yeah. uh, like the you have the characters of Big John and Little John who live in the Myers house in this film. Yeah, and they tell they tell a version of the story to the kids yeah. they're trying to scare. So like the more Michael kills, the bigger his story becomes. The more he transcends to just being a symbol of fear. Because eventually mm-hmm. it's going to get out of Haddonfield. And I mean, at this point, yeah. it's definitely going to get out of Haddonfield because he's killed, what, 30 fucking people in, two, you know, in 24 hours. Yeah, there ain't, there ain't no more people in Haddonfield. Yeah. He done killed them all. <laughs> um, I, I uh, Speaking of Big John and Little John, I did appreciate that little the guy who played Little John um, was the guy who played Stuart on Mad TV. Look what I can do. <laughs> Look what I can do. I just couldn't. I was really like, I know he's not going to say it, but I hope right. he says it. Um, there was a, there when was a he brought out of... the charcuterie board, I wanted him to be like, Look what I can do. There was there was an, there was an unnerving <laughs> amount of comedians, like older comedians. I know, oh, yeah, the old couple early That's, on. What's that guy's Le- name? Lenny what, Clark. What is, they're both Lenny Evan, Clark. Yeah. Yeah. His so partner, I've seen on like a couple like primetime shows that I'm just like, yeah, no, he's always played like a humorous character as well. Like he was kind of mm-hmm. goofball, and he played too. Yeah. I was actually I, liked uh, them as a couple. I just was like. Why is this so funny? Like, why? Yeah. Like, why are so many people laughing right now? I want people to be scared and crying and screaming in this theater right now. You know, they they definitely represented the thing that the the kid represented in the first movie in terms of the they they were the levity characters, mm-hmm. sure. um, which is fine. I, I I can appreciate that. Typically, is somebody like that in in the Halloween franchise. I I I overall, I really like the brutality of like the stakes were raised. The gore was pretty over the top. Um, but again, this is Michael in Berserker mode. So I did not really have, have a, 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 an issue with that. I know some people were like, this is Rob Zombie level gore and brutality. Like it's ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, it might've, it actually might be on par with like Rob Zombie's Halloween two, which has yeah. got to be the most gory entry in the <laughs> franchise before this. Like, but you know what? It didn't seem, it didn't seem silly gore you know what i mean yeah there There probably was upon a couple times you know but in my mind like i'm struggling to think of something that was just like silly gore for the sake of gore yeah it wasn't terribly like like we're doing things to be cool or weird about them because like if i just watched jason six not too long ago and jason six is full of like crazy shit and then it's fun it's kill killing is right it's it's mortal Kombat fatalities the movie is what it is. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like yeah. this is like yeah, even that last that last scene where you know uh Michael is up and he's just stabbing people with a knife. Like mm-hmm. they're not trying to be overly, you know, inventive with it. It's just yeah. the animal is killing right now and I yeah. I love the way that scene was filmed where it's just basically on a blank slate uh and yeah. you just have lights you it's just all backlit. And you have I, I yeah I really I don't know why I really didn't like it in the moment mm. I, I I'm gonna get I'm gonna rewatch it I'm not gonna do the same thing at 2018 and wait like three years to watch it again mm-hmm. I want to watch it again I might actually go to the theaters and watch it again um, but first time I watched it I don't know why I felt like that because it almost felt like a 
comic book a little bit a little bit i I just felt like it tied really well with because it's laurie talking at the moment and she's talking Mm. about michael in the abstract you know she's talking about him as like a symbol of fear and so it's i just felt it tied visually well with like yeah he's just in this abstract space killing because it's not necessarily michael it's whatever michael represents for you like whatever fear is for you yeah, no, I, I I can appreciate that, and I I am, I am eager to watch that sequence again and see if I feel differently about it because for whatever reason, you know, I'm more emotionally connected to this film and this franchise than I am other franchises. So I get that my reactions are much more emotional (laughs) (laughs) in this franchise than it is with with anything else or any other movie that i would watch so i can appreciate that it just for whatever reason in the moment just like remind it was like reminiscent of uh of like sin city or something like that i don't know why just like that that splattering and slow motion and all that sort of thing just kind of like stuck out to me in a weird way it's it's definitely stylized but i just felt like it stylized properly so yeah can i say something that's such a small thing and just stuck out and i usually don't like to nitpick stuff like this but this one was so stupid to me it was the fact that in the hospital the what appeared to be like a coroner's office type of room oh yeah that just had dead bodies displayed on a table was just open to windows right. to the public in the general area where people were just wandering what, i was did, like did the door say like coroner or something on it or was it just like no it was, was it just a, a holding room? room was it just a room yeah. that was like overfilling with people because like they got to clean up a lot of shit <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get it. But it's just like, you know, close the blinds. You know, you don't need naked, naked, dead people with their dicks out, yeah. you know, also, uh, for everyone to see us or walking and by. It just so happens that that kid's mom sees him. Yeah, it was it was silly. It just felt like a gratuitous, un- unnecessary part. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why I'm, I'm not. Ta- I don't take that much offense to it or anything. It's just like, oh, come yeah. on. You know, I, there there is like a lot of little stupid things in this movie. Like I, I have mm-hmm. a note that says, is this dialogue for stupid babies? because (laughs) there's just so many like and i think it's just to get characters lines but it's like i think i think he's not sheriff in this one but bracket um after after the mental he's he's this guard in the hospital now he has like some of the worst lines oh man he quotes something from the first movie what is everyone's entitled to one good scare that's yeah. what he is quote which is of course an iconic but it's just like would he have really remembered that one thing he took yeah. it's like he has uh, another line where he's like he's turning us into monsters it's like yeah, yeah we get it we just saw it happen. it was just fan service it was unnecessary fan service which i'm usually a sucker for that but yeah whatever sheriff brackets character in this was like he didn't have to be in this um but it was just yeah i get it, it was the generational trauma and everything yeah. but yeah it's uh dialogue <laughs> i like dialogue for stupid babies there's a there's a lot of bad fucking... <laughs> stupid babies need the most attention there's a lot of bad unnecessarily dialogue that just reiterates either something you just saw or somebody else said more subtly and he's just like why it's just this movie sounds stupid at times (laughs) yeah yeah no i i get it it just it felt uh yeah i 
I am starting to, and part of it is the discussion that, that we're having and, and being able to process things through other people's brains a little bit too. Um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm turning a little bit of a corner on it because like I said, I walked out of the movie. I didn't feel disappointed mm-hmm. because my expectations were not that high. Right. But I I really was, I guess, in the back of my mind, hopeful that I would walk out like on cloud nine like I did in 2018, and I didn't. And I was just like, ugh, okay, you know, another... Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I, I'm starting to turn around to it a little bit more. Um, but I, I wonder how much it will actually um, translate to me, you know, uh, feeling better about the movie when I watch it again or not. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it was a good entrance. I genuinely feel like, I genuinely don't think I would be, I will fully, I definitely want to watch it again, first of course, but I don't think I'll fully be able to understand how I feel about it until I see the third one. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that might be the case, again, symptomatic of, of any movie that is the middle movie in a trilogy, yeah. right? Again, did you write a three-hour movie and yeah. pad it into two movies or... Mm-hmm. You know. Did you write a fleshed out trilogy? Mm-hmm. We will, right. we will find out. When is is it next year? Is the next yeah. one co- plan on coming out right oh, away next year? God. Yeah, I, yep. yeah, I'm excited I for waiting. that. I'm I so mean, impatient. listen, you should give me a new Halloween movie every damn year. And I'll keep going and watching <laughs> them. Like I said, I have Stockholm syndrome with this franchise. I've been on the highest mountains and the lowest valleys with the Halloween franchise, and I will continue to go along for that ride. I just love the character of Michael and like the the cerebral, you know imperfection that makes him kind of this weird supervillain is just like infinitely uh interesting to me i don't know why um and the music is so fucking good i'm a sucker for a good score and it's so good and and i really like the visual direction of uh of uh, you know in the cinematography in these two movies uh, i love the look of them i love the mm-hmm. street the street scenes especially in the flashback to 78 where they they softened the edges on things a little bit just yeah. to give you that yep. that impression of the flashback ah man, i don't so know if you cool. if, if you've probably already said this today or not but um like talking about flashbacks but also some cin- cinematography is that i feel like even just some of those close-ups that are being done have this like throwback vibe, but with a modern, obviously nicer camera. Um, mm. So I think that kind of plays into this like throwback as well, which I did like. Yeah, yeah. everything's highly stylized mm. for sure. Yeah, uh, even if um, even towards the end where they're kind of laying the trap for Michael and Karen makes her run from the Myers house to where she's heading, it, it I felt like it really mimicked the the original seventy eight kind of escape just the way yeah, she's bet- hiding between the hedgerows type mm-hmm. of thing and yeah yeah I, around I, the I fences like, and just the tight corners and everything i love that i love the, the so many of my favorite scenes in the entire franchise whether it be from 2018 the original movie or or even halloween 2 i mean iconic scene in, in the original halloween 2 and 81 halloween 2 it all happens in the backyards of Haddonfield and mm-hmm. the, the alleys of Haddonfield. Like those are my favorite, those are my favorite scenes. Those are the things that make me think of like, it, you know, I could put myself in that world. You know what I mean? Oh, um, oh. I was going to say with this trip I have coming up to go to LA, I did catch the in, in Pasadena is the Michael Myers house that I could possibly go yeah. see. So I, it's oh. on my, it's on my list and I'm hoping to go check it out. Yeah. I've been told that, that the house, the house um, was moved, I think, okay. if I read correctly. Like, they literally, you know, they kind of 
however they do that, picked up the house, moved it, you know, several blocks away or whatever, like, but years ago, right? So I think the, the house exists and, you know, people are, the people who live there are obviously like mindful of people coming up and doing it. So they have like, I I I know I th- I feel I feel like they're they're pretty um like open to people mm-hmm. taking pictures outside or at least used to it kind of thing yeah. and then I have seen pictures of people going you know which I guess is only a few blocks away to the 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 iconic hedgerow that Michael steps mm-hmm. out from behind in the first movie definitely too definitely want to so. find that I, if it's close enough yeah. I need to I know I'll have a car the first couple of days but yeah, I'm excited I'm regardless I think it'd be cool to stop there when I saw that <laughs> it, I possibly could any final thoughts on Halloween Kills. 2021 did anybody pick up the uh, sick voodoo ranger product placement no oh yes i I did i did i did see that because he was like (laughs) holding it and covering it so like heavily and i was like man i just want like what was next to it it was a miller high life draft i think next to it yeah i don't know why i'm like super attuned was it the draft line up there in the bar yeah yeah Yeah. and also he uh the the um the black nurse who is dressed as a doctor, mm-hmm. yeah. his costume is a doctor. But I know, yeah. I think she to... is a doctor dressed as a black a yeah, nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's oh, a nurse yeah, dressed yeah. as a doctor, yes. and she's a doctor dressed as a yes. nurse. Right. <clears throat> he he goes to the bar in Mix, and he he orders, give me that voodoo skeleton thing, mm-hmm. and it's on a new Belgium tab. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I heard yeah. him say something about a skeleton <laughs> thing, and I thought, for some reason, for me, it, it was, he ordered like a, uh, you know, like a specialty Halloween cocktail or something right, yeah. that they had. I guess because I didn't really hear exactly what he said. But. My also final thoughts on it about that couple. I was kind of like bummed that they killed them off so early as well. I, I felt like they could have had potential to like be cool characters like for the whole series, and they just killed them off. Yeah, the arguing couple, you know, is always going to get it, you know, because yeah. they're going to put themselves yeah. into weird positions because of their arguing and their like haphazardness yeah. and stuff. But the scene in which they were killed off, which is, um, of course, the scene in the in the park and then Michael, you know, climbing over the back of the SUV and that whole sequence was probably my favorite sequence in the movie and then leading into him chasing Lindsay through the park was so Oh, it was just such a cool visual scene and the kills were good in that in that um sequence as well and then something about her hiding down along that creek bed and then him walking and the fact that they dropped the music out yeah. during that just seemed like really intentional obviously intentional but really a, a, a um a unique decision yeah and I, and I want to watch it again yeah because I, in the moment, I'm like, this seems kind of weird. Why did the music drop out? The stalking music dropped out, and you hear his his footprints like really heavy on the wood, you know, mm-hmm. of the of the bridge. And I was just like, oh, it's such a such a interesting decision. Yeah, it's it's funny though that you mentioned that the arguing couple gets it a lot of the time because they you do see them briefly in 2018. Yeah, in the car. When, yeah, when he's coming down the street. Like they're arguing on the street and then they get in the car and leave before he has a chance to really get attack him. And so. it's and it's it's because he left his stethoscope again. No, 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 no. I'm talking you go back or in oh, 2018. Yeah, yeah. yeah 2018, I think the yeah, reason right. he's yeah, yeah. like, all right, hold on. Ah, crap. I got to go back in the house. I forgot my stethoscope. Right, yeah. And yeah. then in this one, he forgets it in the bar. Right. <laughs> so it's like he's always forgetting his stethoscope. But 
Anyway, yeah, I you know, I'm starting to soften on it and maybe it's maybe it's in my my brain and by the time, you know, by this time tomorrow I'll be like this is my favorite movie of all time. I don't probably know. Probably not. Um uh, no, probably <laughs> not. Um but I you know, overall like I think I think it was a a good entrance in, into the the franchise and I I do think it suffers from that middle that middle film type of thing, but I am excited. You know, it definitely kept my excitement up about yeah. the trilogy. So I feel I feel like when the the last part comes out more people are going to like this one more and it'll just wind up getting paired together like a uh you know like when you watch lord of the rings Mm -hmm. and you just watch both at the same time yeah yeah or even like four five and six kind of thing in this Mm -hmm. franchise like people used to you know everyone softens on on this stuff over time and there's ebbs and flows like i remember when people hated hated four five and six and now people were like then people started to go like no four is pretty cool four is fun and now all of a sudden everyone's like oh six is great i'm like no it's fucking not (laughs) i think it's just because they like paul rudd but it's 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 six is bad real bad um like i like don't get me wrong i like it i like a lot of bad movies but it's like it's not good and five is five is uh is is worse four is okay four is is okay but uh danielle harris um Mm -hmm. boy she she acts her a little freaking heart out you know what i mean and you can appreciate that and she she has a real like her performance is great but we're not talking about four five and six guys stop getting me started on this shit (laughs) um Meg, any final thoughts? Are you excited about the third one? <laughs> I like how you're trying to wrap me back into this. Like, are you, you guys putting were, it on your calendar? You are so, you putting it on your calendar? Um, yeah, of course. Oh, my God. Someone was just staring at me. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> and Michael Myers. Is he off, is he off on, the, on the corner of the, on the, on the edge you of the You know what? Line, Let me paint a picture. We're recording while we're all working, mind you. Um, <laughs> I have a exit on the other side of my office that has a huge window. So people can scare the fuck out of me. People just like creep over (laughs) there. They just like walk in and they'll just like stare at me through the window. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this shit. So it was very Michael Myers. That's my final thoughts. Uh, I have no other final thoughts besides the shit that I brought up. Uh, uh, Mediocre movie. I'm excited for the next one. I hope it's better. I like the first one, you know, let's do this. Yep. Party. Yep, I think we're all we're all pretty close to on the same. I'm gonna page go here, smash so some eat. more natty frights. You know, do it, do it. They <laughs> go down. That's my fucking night, guys. So spooky fast. Um, I, so, <laughs> yo, go ahead. Uh, Sorry, no, I, throw a I have no thoughts there. besides I'm gonna go find a pumpkin to shotgun this out of. You know, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm having a little Halloween get together tomorrow, so I'm getting all spooky over here. So, um, hey, oh yeah, brother. Cool. Well. Well, thank you for for tuning in here and us talk about Halloween Kills. We're going to have another fun, um, spooky season uh, themed minisode for us next week. Um, And like you said, uh, once spooky season is over, we talk about fucking horror movies all year long, guys. So, you know, like, subscribe. Uh, uh, follow the podcast on whatever your podcast app is. Uh, I know we're getting a ton of new listeners and, and new people downloading our show for the very first time. So if you go into that little podcast app, do that little like subscribe, uh, follow thing, you'll get all those episodes notifications when they pop up, which is every single damn Monday. Uh, and as always, uh, offer still on the table. 
check us out on our on our Instagram. Uh, we got some pretty cool uh, Halloween is Forever stickers, and you give us a a a a, a rating and I'll write a little one or two line review there on the Apple podcast. If that's where you listen to your podcast, give us a little uh, review and I'll send you some goddamn stickers, stickers for reviews. The offer, the offer still remains. Um, otherwise check us out on the Instagram at, at Halloween is forever at hallow forever on Twitter. Halloween is forever podcast on Facebook. Halloween is forever pod on a TikToks and then uh, Halloween is forever pod on on Gmail as well. So um, if there's nothing else, just one more plug. Yeah. What's that? Tpublic.com. Search Halloween is forever. Get a t-shirt. Yeah. Or check out our link, our link, our link tree in uh, in in the uh, in the bio there on the Instagrams or the Twitters or whatever. I am looking at uh, uh, a nice Halloween is forever mug that I ordered as well. So um, in any case, uh, for the Halloween is forever crew, I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. We'll see you around. Bye.